Reviews of Pixar's Elemental and Sony Animation's Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse on this episode of the movie's Past and Present Podcast. Hello and welcome to the movie's Past and Present Podcast. It's June 17th, 2023, and this is episode 106. I'm your host, Stanford Clark, and I'm podcasting from the crossroads of the West in beautiful Salt Lake City, Utah. Just like my blog, moviespastandpresent.com, I'll be providing recommendations, commentary, and reviews about current and classic cinema. Thanks for tuning in, and let's do this thing. With summer movie season in full swing, we've got foreign movies opening in theaters, uh, or that have opened in theaters, I should say, this weekend. First up is The Blackening. This is a horror film from Lionsgate. So you can imagine I've been, uh, I was the first in line to see this, uh, not. It's directed by Tim Story. Uh, the Blackening skewers genre tropes and poses this sardonic question. If the entire cast of a horror movie is black, who dies first? Uh, the Blackening centers around, of course, a group of uh, all uh, black friends who reunite for a Juneteenth weekend getaway only to find themselves trapped in a remote cabin with a twisted killer. Forced to play by his rules, the friends soon realize uh, that this ain't no game, uh, to quote the press materials. Um, the Blackening, again, I'm sure as it come as a shock to you, is rated R for pervasive language, violence, and drug use. Uh, next up in theaters that opened up this weekend is The Flash. This is a superhero comic book adventure from D.C., and from Warner Brothers, and uh, it features Ezra Miller uh, as uh, Barry Allen in um, The Flash's first ever standalone feature film. Now, uh, not being the biggest DC head, I know that there's been a Flash TV series, but that had a different actor in it. And Ezra Miller is the actor who's played The Flash in uh, these most this like most recent round like Justice League films, and I think he cameoed in, in, in something else. But anyway, uh, worlds collide in the Flash when Barry Allen uses his superpowers to travel back in time in order to change the events of the past. But when his attempt to save his family inadvertently alters the future, Barry becomes trapped in a reality in which uh, General Zod, uh, who uh, we last saw and I believe it was Man of Steel, uh, has returned, threatening annihilation, and there are no superheroes to turn to. Unless, that is, Barry can coax a very different Batman out of retirement and rescue an imprisoned Kryptonian, albeit not the one he's looking for. I think he rescues Supergirl instead of Superman, just based on the previews, but, you know, don't quote me. Um, Barry's only hope is to race for his life, but he will be making the ultimate sacrifice, but will making the ultimate sacrifice be enough to reset the universe? Uh, this is looks to me like a kind of a DC version of the multiverse. So please don't come at me. I'm sorry. I, 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 I don't know. And I'm not planning to see this movie because I think it looks terrible. But, uh, but Michael Keaton is back as Batman, but also Ben Affleck is in there as Batman too. 
because you know Ben Affleck played Batman in these same movies that uh, Ezra Miller was in. So anyway, uh, it looks like worlds do collide. There's a lot of stuff going on in this movie. Michael um, Shannon is back as General Zod. Um, I guess he was also in Batman v Superman: Dawn of Justice. Anyway, lots of stuff going on. Sorry with these DC, um, these DC films. Uh, the Flash is rated PG-13 for sequences of violence and action, some strong language, and partial nudity. And again, um, my apologies that I am not more knowledgeable about uh, the DC universe. All right, next up is Elemental. This is a romantic uh, family drama uh, from Pixar Animation Studios. It's directed by Peter Sohn. Uh, I will be reviewing this on the podcast today. But um, this is just, uh, you know, a, a Pixar movie, high concept. Uh, there's this place called uh, Element City where the four main elements live and work. Uh, we've got air, earth, water, and fire. And uh, really it focuses on two characters, a female fire uh person uh named emperor emmer yeah ember sorry and then a uh male water person who's called or who's named wade and uh ember's family is from a a a different place so basically they're they are immigrants into uh, element city and so uh we've got this combination uh immigrant story and then this uh, romance between between two truly opposites, uh, Ember, the fire girl, and Wade, the water boy. Uh, I'm I, I, I said the reviews coming here in the podcast, uh, but just as a sneak peek, I, I really loved Elemental. <laughs> so uh, Elemental is rated PG for some peril, thematic elements, and brief language. Finally, and this actually opens up, it's opened up in select theaters this weekend, and it's going to be opening up wide on June 23rd, but it's Asteroid City. This is a quirky comedy drama from Focus Features, and it's directed by Wes Anderson. So with his very signature style, uh, Asteroid City takes place in a fictional American desert town around 1955. The uh, itinerary of a junior stargazer slash space cadet convention, which was organized to bring together students and parents from across the country for fellowship and scholarly competition, is spectacularly disrupted by world-changing events. This film has got a really uh, big uh, cast in it. It's got uh, Jason Schwartzman, who of course is like a Wes Anderson Wes Anderson staple, Scarlett Johansson, Tom Hanks, Jeffrey Wright, Tilda Swinton, Brian Cranston, Edward Norton, Adrian Brody, Liv Schreiber, Hope Davis. Uh, I just could go on Steve Carell's in it, Matt, Matt Dillon, <laughs> William Defoe, Margot Robbie. I mean, seriously, Jeff Goldblum. Uh, so huge cast. Uh, it, it looks, you know, it's got just the signature Wes Anderson style. And composition, and I'm I, I'm excited to see it for if for nothing else but that. So as I mentioned, uh, Asteroid City opens up 
uh, has opened up this weekend in select theaters and then will be opening up everywhere on June 23rd. Our market in Salt Lake City is getting it on June 23rd. So some interesting movies to check out. Uh, in addition to everything else that's been opening up uh, for summer. So we've got The Blackening, The Flash, Elemental, and Asteroid City. For reviews, I've got two reviews uh, in this episode for two recently opened animated films. And first up is Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse. This opened up earlier in June. And so sorry I'm a little slow in getting a review uh, for this. And, and you you may have already seen it. But if you haven't, you know uh, this, this is another... This is an animated film from Sony Pictures Animation, and they did a Spider-Man movie uh, a couple years ago, uh, and it was, uh, I believe, called Spider-Man Into the Spider-Verse, if I'm not mistaken, and it really had mind-blowing animation, a great story, and and I thought it was a very, I thought it was a terrific film. That film focuses, and, and this film focuses on uh, the uh, part of the Marvel multiverse where a young uh, Puerto Rican boy named Miles Morales, who lives in New York, uh, becomes Spider-Man. And uh, in this, this one is just kind of the same sort of deal where where you've got these spider people from all across the multiverse, uh, you know, converging uh, into the storyline. One of the main characters in this one is Gwen Stacy. Uh, I should say she's voiced by, uh, by uh, Haley Stanfield or Stan or Steinfeld. Sorry. Miles Morales is voiced by uh, Shamik Moore. And uh, really, the main thing about this spider, and I should say too, it's directed by Joaquin Dos Santos, Kent Powers, and Justin K. Thompson. The main thing that really sets this movie apart is the animation. The animation is truly next level. You kind of can't believe every frame that's going on in this film. It is such a visual treat. Uh, they do. They they employ a lot of different artistic styles. Uh, again, these characters just there's just there are so many of them just flying in and out, and it's sometimes it's, I mean it's not necessarily that it's that it's convoluted. It's just there's just so much packed in to to the screen that I never necessarily felt overwhelmed looking at it. But there's just but it's it's just something. So really, I think I think the thing to to See this movie for is is just the stunning next level animation. Personally, I didn't really love the story. I thought I really enjoy that 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 first um, Spider Verse film from from Sony Pictures Animation from you know this that another Miles Morales film from a couple years ago because uh, I just thought the story was really crisp, the humor was great, 
uh, things move clipped at a really good level. This film, so I, I, one thing I should say too that this film is a first part of a of a two part uh, two part film series. So uh, we're gonna get Spider Man Beyond the Spider Verse, if I'm not mistaken, that's what they're calling it in 2025. So uh, there was a lot of exposition going on. I think trying to get prep just because we got we've got two films. With a you know with a really big story happening, and uh, I won't necessarily bore you with my uh, in theater experience, but the first time I saw this movie, there was there were there was a lot of action going on in the theater with young children and and stuff and people tripping on the stairs and I mean it just went on and on, so it was happening a lot particularly during the middle of the film. So I got was very distracted because it was all happening you know, right right by me, uh, but then I saw it again, and I ended up falling asleep right in the right in that exact same spot, and so I'm just taking that as, uh, you know, I, it is actually boring, <laughs> so for me, other people are saying that this is like the Citizen Kane of animation, so. Go and make up your own mind, but I just say, really, go and enjoy some really spectacular animation on the big screen. So kudos to Sony Pictures Animation for making a really cool movie. And while I didn't love the story, I think overall people are really grooving on this film. And I frankly wouldn't be surprised if this becomes the number one box office hit of the summer. Um, but I guess, you know, we'll see what happens over these next few weeks, but anyway, Spider-Man Across the Spider-Verse is in theaters now, and 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 if it's your thing, you should definitely go see it. Um, next up is Pixar's Elemental. So Elemental opened up this weekend, and um, it's uh, as I had mentioned, you know, just talking about uh, the the new in theaters uh, section that uh, it's it's a romantic comedy in addition to uh, an interesting family drama. Uh, it's a very personal film for the director. Uh, Peter Sohn is his parents immigrated to the U.S. from Korea, and uh, so you know he dedicated this film to him. And, and, and in a way, it's a very kind of stylized version of his family's story. Uh, but uh, what really wowed me in Elemental again is absolutely gorgeous animation so i saw it in in 3d it was in reality 3d and i would recommend that if, if 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 you like 3d movies partly just because uh the animation is so wonderful to look at now while it's dazzling it's very different I and mean, we're not trying to compare these two very different movies but uh the spider-man animation is really in your face and it changes all the time. And so that's, I think, what makes it interesting. I, what really made Elemental interesting for me to look at was the texture. Uh, you know, the, the, 3D, the 3D glasses help that, you know, the way that they render uh, these films in 3D, which I just think is, you know, remarkable in the first place. But the, the uh, uh, like the close-ups, for example, of Ember, who's the main, you know, female lead, uh, Who's fire? She's made of fire, and the way that her her eyes and her eyebrows and mouth move almost look like they're hand drawn on 
you know, on the, and, and, and maybe some of that is, I don't know, you know, again, I don't know. I'll be interesting if they're some kind of behind the scenes thing that happens, but just the beauty of the, of how they made that fire look. And then you switch over to Wade, who is uh, the male lead, who's made of water. And same thing. He's got, you know, kind of this little wisp of, of hair, almost the, you know, the, the top quote unquote hair. It's water in the shape of, of, of kind of a hairstyle, but it just like continually, it's like waves on the ocean, just the way that they, the way that they animated it and, and the depth you get, cause it's like, he's a walking vessel of, of, of water, but almost like gelatinous, you know, just because he's, it's, he's moving like, like, uh, um, you know, an individual would. And uh, anyway, so that, so that's amazing. And of course, the the environment that they've created in the city is really fun. But it's just more, I think, just the beauty the the, the beauty of of the the uh, experience of it. It uh, you know, because again, the city's super clever. They've got with uh, you know with earth and 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 air. The air or the air people are like clouds. Uh, you know, if I'm not mistaken, Peter Stone directed a Pixar short many years ago called Partly Cloudy. And it was about the clouds that uh, helped deliver the ba- the babies to the storks who then deliver the babies you know, to, to, uh, to the world. Um, like the animal babies is almost, almost like a kind of a backstory to, uh, uh, the Dumbo, Mr. You know, look out for Mr. Stork section. <laughs> but uh, anyway, they've got a, a really fun and clever look and, and, and fun characters. And same with the dirt. They are in kind of different shapes and sizes. And some of them have trees on them and, and different things. But uh, it's not like it's, but the city itself necessarily isn't, the character, it's a fun setting and it's beautiful to look at, but it's, I think it's really mostly just this, this great, um, this great character piece. And then this beautiful backdrop that helped tells this, help tells this story. So, uh, Pixar too, again, I just think they're one of the finest animation studios when it comes to computer generated animation, because, you know, other studios like DreamWorks and whatnot, they, they, they do a lot of great work, but I just think Pixar nails the color palette in a way that nobody else does. Their movies are so pleasing to look at and just stunning. And this and this one is no no exception. So a couple of notes about Elemental. Well, I guess there's number one I should say, I loved it and I highly recommend it. thought it was very entertaining, beautiful to look at, an absolutely gorgeous score by uh, composer Thomas Newman. Uh, that was a real standout. I thought that the music added so much and it was just it was it just added to this really, really beautiful, interesting film. So um, you know, Pixar movies, due to COVID and also I think just due to the way Disney management was going at the time, uh, the last th- well, three Pixar films during the pandemic, were all immediately put onto Disney Plus. They did not have a chance to be released in the theater, even when theaters, you know, were having a lot of problems 
um, with attendance and whatnot during the pandemic. But uh, it was Soul, Luca, and Turning Red. Turning Red, I think, actually probably could have opened in the theater. But but the Disney brass decided to uh, put it uh, on Disney+. Plus. And so I think now in some people's mindset that Pixar movies, they just put them on Disney+. Plus Rather than, you know, you don't see them in the theater now. Last year, Pixar released a film called Lightyear, which was a really, you know, one of their high concept films. But it was, what if, you know, so the Buzz Lightyear character that we know and love from the Toy Story films, this was like a space movie that inspired the toy. Okay. If you, you know, and again, old news, and this is, this is the movie from last year. That movie did not do very well. And I think part of it was because the concept was weird. Uh, you know, that people, you know, you hear Lightyear and you think you're going to see Buzz Lightyear again, voiced by Tim Allen, you know, that same character. And instead you got this kind of different looking one that looked more like a human rather than, you know, a toy. And it was voiced by Chris Evans, who did a fine job. Um, but, you know, it, the film was not a hit. And... And uh, I think part of it too, just some people also just didn't like it, and that's that's fair. I feel like I was the only person who liked it, but then I kind of biased because I really love Pixar. Uh, but still, uh, now we come to to Elemental, and I think we might be getting the same thing. Maybe again, the marketing wasn't great, uh, or didn't you know didn't hit the target. Uh, it you know, high concept. And maybe again, people are thinking, you know, I'm just going to watch this Pixar movie on Disney plus. So, uh, whatever, whatever is going on. Uh, I don't think people showed up on opening weekend to see, or they are not showing up here on opening weekend to see elemental. The screening I went to, uh, last night on Friday night had like 10 people in it. Now, be it, it was like at 8 p.m. And also it was 3D and they had other, and 3D's more money, you know, and they had other non-3D showings uh, before and after. So maybe those had more people in it I didn't see and I didn't, you know, I didn't ask it. So that, that part, that part I don't know. But so for whatever reason, you know, people are, I think, feeling that Pixar is just kind of, you know, banished to Disney plus rather than getting a theatrical window. And then also these movies are just a little, you know, a little high concept and everybody just might not like them. But, uh, if I could just make a plea to all of you wonderful listeners out there, uh, please don't listen. Don't listen to or read the bad press that this movie is getting or going to get because of its low box, low box office this weekend. I think there's going to be nothing but doom and gloom about this movie that is Pixar's lowest opening ever, you know, and it's going to go on and on about just what if what an absolute failure it is. Um, and, you know, I mean, people are entitled to their opinions, and it's true. It's not going to have earned a lot of money, but why couldn't that get reversed? You know, from word of mouth, people really enjoying this movie and saying, you know, yeah, 
actually, I am going to go see a Pixar movie in the theater because this movie is beautiful and it's worth seeing on the big screen and it's just worth seeing, you know, so please go see this movie and please don't put any credence into all this garbage press that's going to be coming out uh, or has already come out uh, about what a failure this movie is. This movie is a beautiful movie and it, it, it is worth, it's worth seeing. Well, that does it for this episode of the Movies Past and Present Podcast. Again, links and more information about the movies discussed in today's podcast can be found in the podcast notes on my blog at moviespastandpresent.com. Subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and Stitcher. Links are also on the blog. And follow me on Instagram. My handle is at moviespap, as in past and present. As always, I hope you will enjoy some good movies this week, whether they be from the past or the present. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, be safe out there and dedicate yourself to the truth.